You're listening to Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 135. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who's helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Often, I'm on calls with either my current clients or discovery calls with potential new clients, and I hear things like, and I just don't have time. There isn't enough hours in the day, or I don't think I'm using my time to the fullest. You see, time management is something that we all struggle with at some stage, especially when we're at different phases in business, that startup phase, that growth stage, that scale phase. We have to adapt how we utilize and, um, and put in place mechanisms and procedures that help with that time management component. And I can say, when I hear people say things like, hey, you know, we've all got 24 hours in the day, we're all the same, Ah, I just want to kind of call out bullshit on that because the reality of it is, is yes, we all do have 24 hours in a day. However, each of us have different things in our life that we need to manage. A person who is single with no kids and no full-time job may have more hours versus a mother who has three kids and works a part-time job. So yes, theoretically, we all have 24 hours in a day, but things look very different for each of us. So those 24 hours, be kind to yourself because it isn't same, same for everyone. But when it comes down to it, time management is really all about managing ourselves. Why? Because you can't really manage time because there are literally only 24 hours in a day, 60 minutes in an hour, 60 seconds in a minute, and that never changes. However, we can control where and how we spend our time and take actions to reduce or eliminate those time-wasting things within our life. So today, I'm really excited to bring on the amazing Carrie all the way from the USA to talk about time management tips for busy women in business. And we're going to be talking about balance, mistakes business owners make when it comes to managing their time. And also, Carrie is going to share with us her wisdom and tips on how we can use our time better. This conversation might not be what you think. And what I mean by that is we're not just giving you guys the typical responses to time management. We're digging a little bit deeper. So I encourage you to stick around. But before we hop into this amazing episode, I'd like to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my VIP Intensive Days for Women in Business. So what is a VIP Intensive Day? Think six months of business consulting power packed into one day designed specifically for women in business who are looking for an intensive experience that will accelerate their success both personally and professionally. Clients of mine who have engaged in VIP intensive make changes in their business that might have otherwise taken months or years, or maybe they wouldn't have never even got into it. That's the beauty of a VIP intensive day, super powerful and will allow you to move faster through your goals and objectives of what you want to achieve. In addition, a VIP intensive day allows you to step into um, your day-to-day running of your business and you get to step away from that and allowing you the opportunity to work on your business growth. 
There's no cookie cutter approach when it comes to a VIP day. This is a day designed around you and what your business needs. Some of the things I work with clients on during VIP intensives include business plans, creating your marketing plan, creating a lucrative email list and freebie, social media uh, strategy and plan, developing multiple streams of income, working on your messaging, identifying your ideal client, developing more visibility, and so much more. So if you're wanting to accelerate your business growth, then head to my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au, and click on the Work With Me button, and we can hop on a free discovery call to see whether or not a VIP day intensive is ready for you and what you need for your business growth. Now, let's get into this amazing episode with Carrie. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. Yes, I'm equally excited because time management is always a hot topic for so many people. And so today we're going to get down to some you know, I mean, time management tips for busy women in business. However, before we hop into this juicy conversation, I always like to ask my guests a fun question so that the audience gets to know you a little bit more uh, about you and who you are as a person, right? So my okay. question to you is, is, I know you've just launched your own podcast, which is super amazing, and we can talk about that more later, but and I also equally know that you love podcasts. So mm-hmm. I'd love to know what is your all to like go to podcast just in life in general, like just like a fun one that you like, just love. And then one that you use for business that you're just like, you got to listen to this one. What are your two kind of podcasts? Okay. I'm glad you asked for two. Cause I was like, I don't want to choose one. Okay, the, first, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind is how's work with Esther Perel. Okay. She, she was doing, she's like a relationships therapist and she was had a podcast all about helping like husbands and wives and husbands and husbands and wives, whatever, whatever your relationship is. But she switched this season to doing um, therapy on business partners, coworkers, anything that's work-related. Oh, interesting. It's called, it's called How's Work. And it is so, it is so good. And plus I like listening. I like watching shows about therapy. And I guess I think I'm like a little junior therapist. I love that show, How's Work with Esther Perel. And then my absolute favorite business podcast, which is really more of like a storytelling podcast, mm-hmm. is how I how I built this with Guy Raz. Okay. And what is that, it like? What is it? Is there a particular themes that you found throughout the podcast that you love more? Or what is it that you just like love? Well, I like the interviewer Guy Raz. Um, for those of us in the States, actually run by NPR. And mm-hmm. he does so much research um, with his guest. So he kind of knows the story. So it's all about um, businesses, entrepreneurs. It's all about their entrepreneurial story. Uh-huh. But he asked the question, like, where they began. And um, his reaction, because it's like he gets so into the interview. It's like he he asked the right question because he knows what's coming. But his response is so engaged. Like, he's so into it. Like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even know that. So I like the way he interviews. And I love the way he can pull out those motivational stories. And um, like I said, it's it's a business podcast because it's interviewing entrepreneurs, but it's very much about life. And I really, I'm kind of picky. I listen to the episodes about brands that I'm interested in mm-hmm. or am a customer of. So um, yeah, I guess that's my favorite business. Like, cool. Well, I love it. You know, it's always good. Like these are things I ask a whole bunch of just random questions to my guests, depending on, you know, what, you know, what they do, what they like. When I looked at your Instagram feeds and things like that, and I was like, "Ooh!" I was like, "I see another podcast, another podcast, another podcast." Uh-huh. I was like, "I have to ask her about podcasts because I knew that was a fun one." So now, yes. listen, 
Not a lot of my listeners will know who you are. Majority of our listeners do come from Australia. Some may know who you are, but I always think that, you know, it's great to give those listeners a little bit of an understanding about who the guest is. So can you tell us where your business journey started and where you are today? Yes, this is exciting. I um Oh, this is cool. I didn't know that either. Awesome. Okay. So I am a physical therapist in the United States. I was trained in Buffalo, New York. I grew up in upstate New York and um, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I got my degree. And I loved, I love being a physical therapist, but I felt like I needed a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And I, um, it was around 2008 when we had the economic um, downfall and it affected just like frivolous income. I didn't have it. And so I got into makeup as a personal creative outlet because I was huh? the girl that was like, I was a newlywed. So if we were going out to dinner, I'm buying a new outfit. I'm buying a new pair of shoes. Like I was just always in the mall and I couldn't yeah. do that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I will buy an eyeshadow and then just try to make myself look pretty or feel different. I'm wearing yeah. the same clothes, but like, can I jazz up my face? And yeah. I got really interested in that. Around that time, of course, I have other girlfriends getting married. My father has always been a side hustler um, through all of my all of my life. And um, and when I started being asked by friends to do makeup for their weddings, the entrepreneur of blood in me was like, shoot, I'll do it for you for free because you're my homegirl. But let me see how I can start like making money off this. So I um, did a I did a mentorship program to learn how to be a smart businesswoman for makeup locally. And then I did an internship with another artist to really become a better artist as far as my skills. And I've been doing freelance makeup artistry on the side um, for since 2012. And then in about 2017, when I started offering makeup lessons, I noticed that other professionals were coming to me, they were booking makeup lessons, but what they really wanted to know was, how was I able to do this on the side? How was I able to be successful? I see your face here. I see your face there. And that's when I realized, oh, there's not a lot of people talking about having success in their side hustle. So I I kind of pivoted a little bit to being a business coach for side hustlers. Dude, wow, that's fun. I didn't know the makeup side of things. So how great is that? You're just like, hey, I'm going to glam myself up. I'm going to go out for, you know, a hot date with a hubby. And now it's like you're doing makeup for free. And then you're coaching people. That's phenomenal. And so do you still work as a physio? I do. But since COVID, I know you and I talked a lot about this offline, but I was doing home care with COVID and um, the laws in the States, I'm sure are a lot looser than other parts of the country. And the company I worked with, in my opinion, didn't have procedures in place to keep us safe. Um, as, as We were essential workers, but going into people's homes, I just, I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel like I was supported. And my husband, um, he, you know, financially we were doing okay. And so I decided to do physical therapy part-time. Uh-huh. So I actually, I'm still a physical therapist, but it's as a therapist, it's a very unique job. I'm actually doing like injury prevention uh-huh. and ergonomic training in a warehouse. So okay. Most of my work, I can maintain my six foot. I keep my mask on. I don't really touch people, which is not the norm for regular physical therapists. Right. But um, it's like perfect for this climate that we're living in. And um, I'm really enjoying it. So I do that part time now. Dude, love it. And let's talk about that because I think it's also an important conversation that isn't talked about often enough. In fact, you know, I worked full time as a mental health clinician up until three years ago, I think it was. 
So mm. I worked five days a week, you know, doing my thing, being at you know the work job for eight hours a day, or you know, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of shit that I got from people all the time as well. How can you run a successful business and still work mm-hmm. full, you know, full time? What are your priorities? If you left mm-hmm. your other job, then you'd be able to potentially grow your business more. But first of all, I mean, I always say on this podcast is you do you. Mm-hmm. And for me personally was, is, you know, here were all these people telling you to, to quit your nine to five yep. and you're going to be a millionaire overnight. And <laughs> if I would have bought into that, I actually would have put my family in a really bad situation um, right. for, for where we were at. Right. And so my thing was, is like, hold on a minute. Well, in Australia, and I've talked about this on the podcast is I get like, I had four weeks annual leave. I had two weeks sick leave. I had one RDO, like roster day off a month, right? I then had all the public holidays and then I was able to buy an extra four weeks leave. Whoa, so I was actually awesome. only at my job for like seven and a half, eight months of the year. But what that allowed me to do was my bills were still paid. I didn't have the financial stress, right? That mm-hmm, I would have mm-hmm. had if I would have quit, do you know what I mean? And just been like, I have mm-hmm. to make money, I have to make money. It didn't put as much stress on the marriage as in like, yep. I see a lot of marriages break down, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I still was able to stay connected with my kids. We we're still able to go on holidays, et cetera. So, you know, often people don't talk about, you know, going back to work. But the other thing is, is being, by having more money from my other job, it allowed me to grow at a faster rate than I feel I would have done it if I didn't have that money. Right. So yeah. what are your thoughts? I agree with you. And I was thinking, and when it's on the side, first of all, I'm like, I need to move to Australia. That's a lot of time. <laughs> but um, I was thinking when you are not feeding yourself and paying your mortgage with this income, it allows you to make really decisive decisions. It allows you to hold out for the ideal client, like in real life, not just talking about it. It allows you to invest in certain coaches and programs. I know you and I have connected and um, freshly implemented, you know, it just allows you to do what you really want to do and maybe take a little bit more risk financially because it's not taking away from your primary obligations. So there's a lot of beauty. I always say there's a lot of beauty in being a side hustler. And I think that there are some people that genuinely hate their jobs and will do anything to get away from it. And that's the culture that's talking about leave your nine to five, leave your nine to five. But there's a bunch of us where the nine to five is not so bad. So might as well let it flex for you and then create what you really want. And not to mention like the happiness, like I loved my lunch times with my, do you know what I mean, old crew. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we would belly laugh and belly laugh and belly laugh. And and being an entrepreneur, you know, sometimes it's like I'm eating lunch just with me in the four walls, right? Like it's yeah, something yeah. to do. Or now I've got my dog grateful, which is always great to go sit on. The, I mean, I typically will try and sit on the sunshine anyways, but just like you're still by yourself, right? And yep. entrepreneurship is lonely already. So it's like, if you can still have that, like, and I also just love what I do in helping people do to mean who are suffering from depression or anxiety or schizophrenia, like, it just it lit me up, you know, so mm-hmm. for those that are out there know that you can you can be a successful business owner and still work, right? Right. You don't have to choose both. It's like I say, you can still be a successful mom and an equally successful business owner, you can have both. But I don't find that conversations talked about often enough. So I know we're not talking about all of that today. And we are here to talk about time management. But because we have the opportunity, I think it's important to remind people. Or if you have quit your job, you might have to go back and get a part-time job. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. remember, it's not a forever thing. 
it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's like short-term pain for long-term gain, right? Yep. And sometimes yep. you might have to go back just to get a little bit more money to potentially feed the growth of your business. You know, right. you do you and that's all right. Now, time management though. Okay. We're going to talk about t- time management today because it is a topic that I particularly enter in with someone at some stage almost on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So for me, is I'd like to start, though, like obviously now that we know a little bit more about where everything started with you, physio, you then turned in makeup, do you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, what would I call it? Expertise there. And then you've got into the business coaching side of things. So my thing is, is how did you find out that you had a knack for time management? Like where did the whole time management thing start to fall into this, uh, the overall doing you know, business structure for you? Okay. I love this. I, as a physical therapist, I did outpatient orthopedics, which in the States means you're seeing a lot of patients a day. About every 15 minutes, you have a new patient, but they stay for about an hour. So you're juggling three to four people at any given time for eight plus hours a day. And as a therapist, it's like, I I do everything with my heart first. And I really, I want to be there for you. I want to help you um, what your goals are, my goals are, I really want to help you cross that finish line. And so it really mattered to me that I knew people were coming, um, older older people were leaving their homes, working people were leaving their jobs or coming in early or coming in after work. And, I, and then these co-pays are going up and up and up. And I really wanted to make sure that I was giving them their value, mm-hmm. even though there was four of them, possibly at a time. So what <laughs> I did was, over over the years of being a therapist, I inadvertently learned how long every group of exercise took. So if you're a shoulder patient, you're going to go to that station. And I knew that was going to take eight minutes. And then this person was going to be over here. And so in my mind, I was always like calculating, when is it going to be that someone needs me? Because I was always very um, proud that even though I might be juggling three or four people at a time, every single one of my patients got one-on-one. They got something from me that they couldn't get when they weren't at the gym. And that was that was personal. That was a big deal to me. So I'm like, I've got to provide this one-on-one um, levels to make them believe that I'm really like buying in. So I really learned the time management from juggling all of these clients or all of these patients at the gym. And when I started shifting into business coaching, I really thought that, my goal setting, because as a therapist, you have to write goals and the um in America, it's Medicare, which is federally funded. People have that kind of insurance and you got to follow all of these rules. So I really thought I was bringing um, my goal setting skills to the table as a business coach. And then when I started working with people, I realized goals is one thing, but you are all over the map with how you manage your time. And a lot of the tactics that I was doing at work Looking back, I realized I was able to do those at home. And then that was how I was able to still grow this business um, in the margins of my full-time job. So it really came from juggling patients in the gym. Right. Gotcha. And again, there's probably others out there that are listening going like, actually, I probably already have some of these techniques under my belt, but I just haven't framed it that way. Right. Like (laughs) sometimes we're always looking for the next best thing when we actually sometimes have exactly what we need in front of us. So we will get into a little bit more specifically about these time management tips that you have come up with over the years. But before we do that is time management, I also find brings in the word balance. And so often I feel like, oh, balance and time management, like I said, they kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, when I hear the word balance, I cringe. 
I get a little mm-hmm. bit angry or cranky, you could say, because I feel balance is a word that is actually setting people up for failure. And yes. I just would wonder, like, you know, when people are striving for these time management tools and to be able to kind of work things out to have the better life that they want. I'd love to know what your thoughts are around balance. Is it realistic? Is it a bit of shit? Like, what is? what are your thoughts? Because I think that's going to help to lay kind of the foundations for when we actually get to these tips. Okay, so love, 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 love this question. I think that that is a 100% complete misnomer. Mm -hmm. And in my podcast, I've even said, I think that even the concept of work-life balance is something that was created in corporate that was was misleading us to work harder um, to do stuff that is just not good for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Multitasking, there's studies that have shown that multitasking prolonged periods of time actually can hinder your ability to learn new things. And it's just, it's just so unreal. People are striving for something that is not real. And it's just a complete setup for failure. I, I really like to think, well, when you think of balance, you think of like the woman with the blindfold, like the scale, you know, and, and subconsciously you're probably wanting everything to be equal or Mm -hmm. like if it's your full time and then your part, your side hustle, you got to do You've got to do it all the time because you need it to be balanced to the full time. And no, 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 no. That's not how it is. I like to use the word harmony. And I think that harmony is a lot more realistic. If you think about music, music has fast pace and slow pace and high pitch and low pitch and loud and soft. But when you put it all together, it's beautiful. And that's what I think about when you're thinking about time management and think about it like harmony. Like, what do you need to give a little more of? Okay, let's slide over here. We're going to be fluid with it. And we're going to do a little bit more over here. And then when, like, if you're working your nine to five, you're going to be in that nine to five and you're going to give it 100%. Because if you're at your nine to five trying to work on your side hustle, if someone hasn't told you, I will tell you, you're not giving nine to five a good job, which could potentially down the road hinder you from leaving it if that's what you want to do. So when you're at the nine to five, give it 100%, do your best to leave on time. And then you kind of clock out of that mode. And then you're going to you're gonna shift over into side hustle mode or maybe mommy mode. And then you're going to give that its time. Now, we all know if you work nine to five, majority of your time is going to be in that arena. That's just the nature of the beast. But when you're out of that time, you might have an hour or two to work on your business, but you have to just do that with intention. But I think if you just give yourself the grace to say, I can only do 40 minutes or I can only do an hour and a half, but I'm going to be intentional with it and I'm going to do my best. And you do that consistently a couple of days a week you will get, you will start to see the needle move and you will start to make big progress in your business once you throw that idea of balance out of the window. Listen, I love that, you know, you and I are on the same page here because I know when I first started off in business and also being a mom, it was, I personally had this like, people talking about work-life balance, work-life balance. And and I too felt like, you know, I had to have buckets, you know, like a third of my time was, you know, being a mom, a third of my time was at work, a third of my time was in there. And if I didn't have all those things, as you said, adding up equally, I was getting stressed because I was like, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being a bad mom. But what I learned is, you know, similar to the, how you use the word harmony is I use the word present. 
is, you know, uh, when I fly away to speak internationally, whenever that happens again, right? Like, yes, I'm sad and I'm devastated as I'm pulling away and I'm typically crying. But then then once I'm driving away and I kind of get through that, it's like, okay, game hat on. I'm now present. I'm in the mood. Mm-hmm. I'm intentional. This is what I'm doing. I've got, you know, I'm on a mission. This is what my mission is, right? And this is where my time and my focus is now being present. Um, at, you know, I clock off at around 4.35. When I clock off, it's like, you know, iPad down, you know, laptop down i now present with the kids for their bath for their books for dinner for conversation right and so i too have had to be really intentional about being present now am i present 100 percent of the time no because the other part of that is my adhd brain is going a million miles an hour on any given day so i've had to work hard right but again you know the balance i can still be a good mom and still work for 75 percent of the day and i might only have 25 percent of the kids if you want to look at it from you know i mean an distribution hours right right. Mm -hmm. but when I'm there I'm on with them right and it's again to me the quality versus quantity but you know that's just me so present harmony intention great words to be thinking about you know time and so speaking of time though you will have seen through your time of being uh doing physio and makeup artist and then also now a coach there must be some common mistakes, I would say, that you see people making when it comes to time management. Do you would you do you have any that you could share with us? Yeah, put simply, people usually overestimate how much they're gonna get done and they underestimate how long it takes things. So it's okay. just set up for failure on both sides. So the two mistakes, sorry, say that again. So it is like mistake number one is really like their expectations. Yes, their expect they they think they can get way more done than they really can. Uh-huh. And the second one is people usually underestimate how long it takes them to do something. So Good. interesting, right? So again, the mm-hmm. underestimating might think, oh, it's, you know, this this sounds easy. I'm going to start a podcast, for example. <laughs> right. Um, it's going to be super easy. Uh, I'm also going to do everything myself instead of you know outsource that part of it. Um, and next thing you know, this podcast that you thought you were going to start in a week has now taken, say, five months to get off the ground, right? Right. So under, the underestimating, yeah, it could probably be a big thing. And so what have your thoughts around, like, you know, people, what can they do to not underestimate? Well, I usually tell my clients to over, like, double it. So most people aren't type A like me in time stuff because they didn't have that work experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if they think if you think it's going to take, let's say most most people cook dinner, right? If you think it's going to take 30 minutes to cook dinner, go ahead and give yourself an hour because something could come up. You could forget to turn on the stove. I've done that tons of times. Yeah, or, totally. You know, like random stuff comes up. You get a phone call and you're like, okay, now I've got my child is sick. Now I've got to go run and pick up medication or my dog stepped on a nail, who knows? So I think, but giving yourself more time to get stuff done is good. And then if it takes you less time, so if you budgeted an hour and then it only took you 35 minutes, now you've got this 25 minute of window where you can do whatever you want. You can totally veg out on TV. You can maybe sneak in a little blog post. You can, you know, call a family friend. You can do whatever you want. But I think overestimating how long stuff gets uh, takes um, like almost on a daily basis will really set you up to not be on that hamster wheel, just like going, going, going. And um, if I could add one other thing, Something that I see a lot of that a lot of people do that I try to discourage is like that comparison game, seeing what someone else is doing and then trying to be like them. The best way to combat that is just to like 
set your own goals, know what your personal why is, set goals around that, and then stay in your lane to get to your goals instead of looking at whatever everybody else is doing. Because then if you see, oh, well, she's got a podcast and and she's she's speaking on stages and she has a, a membership community and she's got a course. And then you feel like you want to do all those things because she's doing it and you think it's all, all going to be done in a week. Then you're, you know, that then we're right back where we started, where we're talking about over committing and not being realistic and um, underestimating how long stuff gets done. And then you feel crappy because you didn't get anything done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's those expectations that we put on ourselves, the pressures we put on ourselves. And as I talked about in the introduction of this particular podcast is that, you know, I often hear about, well, we all have 24 hours in a day. So why can't mm-hmm. you get it done? Well, again, I, I hate that saying really, because the reality of it is, is, you know, if you are a single woman, do you know what I mean? have no job, do you know what I mean? Because you may have got an inheritance, you know, you might be right. able to work 15 hours on your business. But if you are a mother, do you know what I mean? And you've mm-hmm. got two young kids, you might only have uh, five hours to work on your business versus the 13 that the other lady has, right? right? And so again, it's like, do what you can do in that realistic time span, do you know what I mean? And making sure that again, mm-hmm. you're kind of um, edu- doing an educated guess about, like you said, estimate double the time that it's going to take, right? And yeah, just comparing, run your own race, you know, right. everything you do is accumulating to the bigger picture that you want. It might just take you a little bit more time. And that's okay, because the reality of it is, is no one becomes a millionaire overnight. It's yep. through persistence and levels of consistency, and not in not giving up, really. Now, mm-hmm. for you is what tips can you share in regards to time management? Do you have a few tips that you can give to people? So that again, if they're like, actually, I probably need to get on top of this moving into the year, what would you mm-hmm. recommend that they do? Okay. So the first thing I'd like to recommend is encouraging people to just have integrity with what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you work outside of the home, if you work in the home, just have integrity with that. And don't let something else encroach on what has to get done. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, if you have a nine to five, that's got to be priority. If that's what's putting food on the table and taking care of you and your family, then you have to have integrity around that. And then as you start to um, make different decisions, and as you are thinking about your time and, and um, making commitments, then you're going to make realistic commitments based off of what you really, what your, um, priorities are because you're having integrity with it. Mm-hmm. Love that one. And that might be something that a lot of people aren't even thinking about, right? Is right. looking for those like quick fix, do you know what I mean? Top 10 things you can do. But if you don't look at your integrity and your values and where things need to be distributed, right? Is again, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So I love tip number one around integrity. So what's tip number two? So the second tip, which we've talked about a lot is just having realistic expectations. Yeah. Um, just knowing <laughs> if you are the type that writes a to-do list every day and you write 15 things down and you you consistently only get one or two done, then you, my friend, are falling victim to not having realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. So instead of writing 15 things down, maybe write two things down and then write a 13 wish list, um, you know, or like bonus list instead mm-hmm. of expecting, you know, there things will come up. The car, you know, you, you will get a flat tire. Someone will get sick. The internet will go out. You know, the, like this morning I had a call with someone else and my computer decided it wanted to reboot. I think <laughs> it, took, it took me just as long to try to stop the reboot at the end. I'm like, I should have just let it do its thing. Cause it took, a, you know, several minutes 
but you know, things come up. And so having realistic expectations, not cramming your schedule from minute to minute is, is the second way to have, you know, realistic expectations and kind of keep the flow going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. And again, being able to, identi- to identify, right, what is the realistic expectation, but what is the priority, you know, right. not mm-hmm. everything is going to get done in one day. So again, these are my top two things that have to get done. These are the priorities for the day. You know, if I get anything else done, you know, great. And that's what I do too, is I have a wish list uh, that I have where I've got two, I'm still very old school pen to paper. I do use ClickUp Me and too. a few other things, but I love <laughs> pen to paper and is I'll have what has to get done today. And then I put my tomorrow list yep. and then I'll choose something off my tomorrow list and then add that to the day. Right. So it's like, you know, you can always do more, but when you keep also looking at a to-do list that has 50,000 things on it, that can only, for some people, fuel the anxiety. Right. Oh yeah. So it's like, again, have it just, piece of paper, two things, that's it. And then bring something over. I find also just psychologically from that mental state, do you know what I mean? Helps to reduce that overall feeling of pressure. So, and do you have a tip number three for us in regards to the time management side of things? I do, but can I add one more thing while we're talking? Yeah, totally. So I was thinking what you're saying about having priorities. I, um, at the last minute, decided to launch a mini course over Black Friday. Mm -hmm. And so I pre-sold it. So it wasn't created. But in that window of promoting it, I had a really bad toothache, ended up needing a dental procedure. And then our puppy that we paid for weeks ago was ready to come home. So I lost that week because I usually try to batch my content for a month at a time. Mm -hmm. I lost that batch week because I was nursing my mouth and acclimating to the new puppy. And I was like, you know what? Social media, probably not really going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't get planned, but you, I have these clients that have invested in me. I have these clients that have paid me money. So my energies right now are totally loving in and pouring into those clients. And then my email, I sent a quick little email just to let people know I didn't fall off the face of the earth, but like those good quality emails and all of that content on social media, that's falling by the wayside until my next, um, my next time to block or to, to batch. And I, you know, it wasn't ideal. Do I want to just be off the grid for a, week, a few weeks? No, I really don't. But I had to be, I had to be realistic with my expectations. Mm-hmm. And if something had to give, the free thing was going to have to give because I decided to pour into my con- my clients. One hundred percent, and that's what I say often. I use the words bandwidth. So inside yes. of my twelve um, month accelerator program, inside of my action takers program, inside of my one to ones, we do a monthly goal setting session at the beginning of every month. And I always start off with is before, like we do review and reflection, but then we get into and I go, what is your bandwidth for the next four weeks? So mm-hmm. you know, um, if we've got Easter holidays coming up, for example, and it's like, what is your bandwidth? If you know you're going to be traveling for two weeks, you know, you've got school holidays with the kids and the kids are going to be home. Um, you know, the new puppies coming home, whatever is <laughs> your goals might look different and you might not put so much pressure on and actually create more realistic expectations than trying to jam everything into those four weeks. So being able to acknowledge what your bandwidth is, is also a really great thing to say. And I just say, ask yourself a question, even on a day to day basis, what's my bandwidth today mm-hmm. did you not get a lot of sleep last night because the puppy was up is your tooth aching well then you might only choose one thing do you know what I mean for time exactly for the day. so it's like understanding your bandwidth I think is so important and allowing yourself that space to do you know what I mean go with the bandwidth and not trying to do everything again and not comparing everyone I think is so important yeah 
I love that. I totally agree. All right. And tip number three. Tip number three, I would say, is set things in motion. So we've got the integrity with the boundaries. We've got realistic expectations. And I like to use an example of a juggler. Like the juggler's got things in motion, but he might only be touching one or two balls at a time. Mm -hmm. He sets something in motion so he can put his attention to something else. And so anywhere in your business that you can set things in motion, which for me, I mean like automating. So like batching content, batching emails to your list, batching things to your social media. If you can get all of that just going on autopilot, even if you're if you do, um, you're serving clients or one-to-one, like if you can automate that onboarding process with like a series of emails or videos or something that will really free you up for the other stuff Mm -hmm. for the time with the kids, or if you're up with the toothache and all those other things, but whatever you can get set in motion, it's kind of like, if we're going back to the juggler, when that ball is just like in the air, those are the, you know, anything you can automate, you want to put in the air. So then you can focus on the two balls that are in your hands. Oh, dude, I love the analogy about the juggler. Do you know what I mean? Because again, you can't be touching everything at once. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're only having touch points with some. And I, I equally love the fact of automating is I'm a huge fan of automating wherever you can. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, James Rose, who is also on here talking about the wonderful tool. I call it, some people call it Zapier, some people call it Zapier, right? But he's been <laughs> able to put things in motion or AK automate. You know, I think it's like literally 70 hours a month. Do you know what I mean? That he's yeah. not now paying humans to do um, and that he's able to just get that time back so if crap does go down right he still has other things that are still working in his favor so i i totally agree the more that you can do that the better now listen we've talked about these amazing tips today and we've also talked about the mistakes that people are making but the thing is is you know i'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter if we talk about the integrity piece or the expectation piece or the motion piece If people aren't working on their mindset, if people aren't getting over their own beliefs and their stories that are holding them back, Carrie, and that I believe, you know, when I, not I believe, but I see it is when people come to me and they're like, I don't have time, I don't have time, my world is chaos, everything's upside down. And, you know, it doesn't matter if we give them these three tips, all right? Right. Because if your internal world is chaos, because (laughs) of trauma, beliefs, stories, manipulation, self-sabotage, whatever. That is a direct reflection of your external world. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I say to people when we talk about productivity hacks or do you mean time management hacks is or planning your, you know, for your year ahead is it doesn't matter how much time you put into those things. These negative habits are going to continue to repeat themselves until you repair what's going on internally. So do you agree that people need to be looking at, do you know what I mean? Or you could disagree too. That's a beautiful thing about conversations here on the podcast is that, how much do you think that also people need to get out of their own way and work on their internal stuff in order to have the full advantage of these time management skills working in their favor? I think that that is such a big part. And, um, you know, talking about mental, uh, what is the word? Wait, 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 it just jumped out of my head. <laughs> um, mindset. Talking yeah. about mindset is so sexy, but like doing the work is hard. Mm-hmm. And when you work on your mindset, then you have to, it's like you're looking at yourself in the mirror. If you've got money blocks, if you've got confidence blocks, and um, it will, like, I think entrepreneurship will really show you your strengths, which is beautiful, but it really brings your your weaknesses 
to the to the forefront and it like Mm -hmm. just glares at you. Mm -hmm. So I think that mindset work is imperative. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things. It's almost like eating. Like you will never, you'll never be done with mindset because Mm -hmm. you get to like Amber says, like new level, new devil, you'll overcome it here and then you'll grow. And then you've got these other issues. So, you know, initially I'll speak for myself. Initially confidence was such a huge issue for me with makeup. I was like, I don't think I'm that good enough. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. There's like movies being done here. There's there's music videos and all of this production. I don't do that kind of makeup. I suck. Well, then now, you know, I got my confidence. Then I had issues with chart and money. Like, uh-huh. am I worth if am I worth this much? Is it is it too much? What what will they think of me? And then now jumping into coaching and um, really starting to see that I had a mindset issue. Now I realize like it all comes around. It all is from fear. It's Mm -hmm. all, I'm an Enneagram three, if anybody's into Enneagrams and like mostly everything that holds me back is fear of failure because I like succeeding. And so doing new stuff, you don't know if it's going to be successful or not. And that's scary. And so I choose to stay in my comfort zone and it's hard. Like I really need to be pushed to try new things. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm aware of that. So I can, I can process that. And I've invested in mentors and coaches and I've got um, a great support system of, you know, business friends and things like that. But I think that the mindset is huge. If you don't believe that putting less on your to-do list will make a change in your life. You're going to do it. But like you said, you're going to self-sabotage. You're not going to do it correctly. And then you're going to be like, that Carrie didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> but that's <laughs> but that exactly right though, right? Is And you told me on the podcast when you interviewed Carrie and Carrie told us that we should go look at integrity and look at our expectations and look at our emotion. And I've done that. And I'm still not making my 5K months. And it's like, okay, well, A, did you do it correctly, quote unquote, right? And do you know what I mean? What's going on internally for you? Because again, something's holding you back here. So I just want to weave that into the conversation because I know we're not here to talk about mindset today, but I believe we would almost be negligent, do you know what I mean? Not to say that mindset plays a huge part to time management, working effectively for you, your family, and your business. So you know, uh, again, writing down these things and doing these tips is only great, but equally be looking at, is my mindset strong? Is it wobbly? What do I need to do about it? And just probably write, I just keep writing to-do lists and nothing changes. If nothing's changing, something's going on internally. And again, your external world is a reflection of your internal world. So you might have to work on some internal shit, ladies. All right. And if you do, you're not alone. (laughs) oh, Oh God, I'm still working on it. You're working on it. Everyone I know will continue to work on it, especially, as you said, startup phase, you're dealing with different things, mindset that you have to when you're pushing those those high multi six figures going to seven figures. Right. Like there's different things that we've got to work on, you know. Um, So, again, it's always a work in progress. Now, listen, today has been an amazing episode chatting to you about time management, but also just you know, starting out as a makeup artist and then where you've gone and how you still work part time and allowing these conversations to happen so that other women know that it's okay if that's what they choose to do themselves. But I'd also like to know for those business owners who are listening that want to connect with you, Carrie, where can they find you? I'm so glad you asked. So I'm at Carrie Roberts Coaching and it's K-A-R-I, my first name. That's where I hang out most often on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But I also am going to be hosting a free summit next week. And it's called Overwhelmed to Organize the Summit. And it's all about helping side hustlers um, increase their revenue, find focus in your business, 
talk, let's talk about growing your business during a pandemic and let's ditch the overwhelm. So that's going to be happening next week. So you can find me there at overwhelmedtoorganizesummit.com. Dude, I love it. And what a great thing for business owners to be able to attend. You know, we all need to be working on decreasing the overwhelm, right? So dude, I love it, love it, love it. Now, I always ask one last question to those on the podcast, which is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I kind of touched on it a little bit. I did not know how fearful I was um, until I really started to go into entrepreneurship. And when I was little, side note, I, I was a dancer for like middle uh, elementary school and middle school. And I used to have terrible stage fright. Yeah. And when I started public speaking, I, I didn't know it was still there until like I got in front of people and I was like, oh, oh. okay, yeah. <laughs> So um, fear is, is I did not know I was that fearful of a person. And so that's something, had I known that it was just innate fear and it's not necessarily going to go away, but I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have known it. So then I would have dealt with it and I probably would have taken more risk and had more success earlier. I love that. Not love that you had to go through it, but love that you've come out the other side of it. Do you know what I mean? Again, a progress. We are all progressing every single day if we choose to work on our stuff, right? Like it's, again, we all have choice. Every single morning we get to wake up and we choose what we want to work on, what we don't want to work on. But when you choose to feel uncomfortable, right, and get in that, you know what I mean? Growth happens, you know, similar to what's happened for you. So, again, I cannot thank you enough for being on the podcast today, Carrie. And for those of you, again, that want to stay connected with her, we'll make sure that we have everything over in the show notes at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a beautiful day no matter where you are in the world. And remember, if you do need any help with your business, you are feeling stuck, make sure to book a free discovery call with me. Uh, where we can talk about your struggles, your goals, and how I might be able to help move your business forward at AngelaHenderson.com.au. Have an awesome day, and I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au.